here today. I hope uh, somebody said hello to you. If they didn't, I'm sorry. Hi. All right. So have you ever had a really productive, satisfying day? Maybe your team won the state championship. Uh, maybe it was your birthday. It was a satisfying day, a great day, a good day, right? Or maybe you accomplished something that you've been working on for a really long time. Anybody? Maybe you ended the day feeling really good about yourself and that you have purpose and meaning and you're not worthless, right? And you can get things done. Get her done, right? Or have you ever had a really bad day? A day where you felt like anything could go wrong. If anything could go wrong, it would, right? Uh, you know, maybe you didn't get the job you were hoping for. Or you got a speeding ticket on your birthday in a school zone. Or maybe you did something really embarrassing, like drop your lunch tray in the cafeteria on your first day of college, like I did. But a pretty girl helped me pick it up. I did it on purpose, not really. Maybe you did something embarrassing at school or work, and the day ended where you just felt defeated and like a failure. And you just got really down on yourself. We've all had good days. We've all had bad days. And uh, days where we think we're a winner. And days where we think we are a loser. Well, today we're going to be talking a little bit about, um, about what God says about us. Well, oftentimes we get down on ourselves or people, other people get down on us. But what God speaks about us is truth, and it's in love, and it never changes, and he always loves us, and he calls us his friend. Our key verse today is, uh, is Psalm 139.14, and it says this, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. So we're going to explore that a little bit and talk about what God says about us. Let's pray. God, again, we come before you and we thank you for this opportunity to come together in this place. Lord, I thank you for these families and for these, uh, these babies that we just dedicated. Um, God, I pray that you would just keep your hand upon those parents and those extended families and especially upon those little precious gifts from you. God, keep them in your arms every day. And Lord, right now as we get ready to uh, 
to dig into your word and to talk a little bit more about what you say about us. Lord, I pray that each and every one of us would, would hear it and believe it because it's your word and it's truth. God, I pray that you would help us to, to tear down any barriers that we have right now in our life, whether it be because of uh, a relationship or just a heavy burden that we're carrying. Help us to just hear and receive whatever it is that you want to say to each and every one of us today. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. So, I don't know about you guys, but um, I am very often my own worst enemy. Anybody else relate to that? Like you do something that maybe it's just a little thing even, and you just feel like you are a piece of trash. Like you just feel dumb, or you feel like a failure. And all too often, um, I do that. Last week, uh, our wash machine at home was broken. And um, I, I, I bought the part, I looked up some YouTube videos. It was, it was leaking water really bad. And I, I thought I had it fixed. Because I was like, okay, I got the part now. I put it in, I turned it on, everything looked great. And a little while later, as I was washing the load of clothes, I walked back into the laundry room and guess what was on the floor besides other dirty laundry? Water. And I was like, man, I can't even fix a wash machine? Like after watching videos, buying the right part, and there's still water coming out. I am lame. I'm a loser. I'm a failure. I'm dumb. I don't know how to do anything. Now, I may not have gotten that extreme, but I did feel bad. I felt like, you know, golly, I can't even fix this. Really? I mean, come on. Anybody ever felt that way before? Yeah. Little things like that can often set off some pretty big feelings in our lives. I felt defeated. I felt dumb. And I felt like a failure. And in those times, I might say, I'm a loser. I also know about myself that I tend to be a people pleaser. Like I care almost too much about what other people think about me or say about me. And so because of that, I hate conflict. I avoid it like the plague. And I sometimes will say things that people want to hear, not what's really going on in, in, my, in my mind. And, and I know I need to say this, but instead what comes out is something that's just beautiful and poetic and lovely because I don't want to have conflict with that person when I really need to be speaking the truth in love. And because of that in me, I sometimes can, can let people either walk over me or, uh, or, or I can come across as wishy-washy, maybe, if you want to call it that. And in those times, after that conversation is over, I can look back and I can reflect on that and say, I'm weak. I can't even say what I need to say because I'm weak. And I get down on myself because I want to please everybody. And then you just carry that burden. And so if that's you in this room, you know how I feel. And I know how you feel. 
So in those times, I might say I'm weak. And then there's times where people might put me down. They might say something that hurts my feelings. They might say something that hurts your feelings. Or they may, something, may say something that uh, just hits you the wrong way. And we've all had that before. Maybe it's a coworker, Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a spouse. Maybe, somebody it's, maybe it's somebody here at church that says something that just feels like a dig. And it hurts. And so in those times where someone will say something about me, maybe because I did something dumb, and they'll remind me and egg it on just a little bit further than they need to. In those times, I might say, man, I'm not worthy. I'm worthless. That person's right. I can't do anything. That person's right. I am weak. And so, like I said, in those times, I might say that I'm worthless. And each and every one of us can probably relate to at least one of those scenarios. Listen to some of these quotes. Empty, lonely, sad, depressed, forgotten, useless, worthless, unimportant, and unloved. The worst feelings in the world, but they're the way I feel every day. Now, I didn't write these. I found these, okay? So I didn't write this. But there might be those of us in this room that that right there spoke some truth to where you're at right now. Another one, I am a walking disaster. I am useless. I am worthless. I do not deserve love. I do not deserve life. I am pointless. And then the final one, when someone you love deeply treats you as if you were nothing, it's nearly impossible not to feel like you are truly nothing. Now, from a very early age, we are told things about ourselves when you're a child, right? You're fat. You're ugly. You're loud. You're dumb. You're worthless. Nobody cares about you. Why do you have to be such a brat? We hear stuff like that when we're kids. And then there's the things that we think or say about ourselves. And a lot of those might mirror the things that we hear from other people because that puts a thought into our head. And we might say, I'm alone. I have no friends. I'm stupid. I'm a failure. I am worthless. I have no future. And nobody really cares about me. It's not fun to live that way. It's hard to live that way. Because there's no joy. There's no peace. There's no hope. But here's the thing. What I want everybody to hear right now is this. Those are all just words. They're words. Now words can hurt. But they're just words. They're words that we allow ourselves to believe 
But what we need to do is focus on the truth. Not what you think about yourself, not what your so-called friend may say about you, or your parent, or your teacher, or whoever, co-workers, extended family. Well, not what they say about you in a negative way, but what matters is the truth of what God says about you. And so today we're going to look at five things. Now there's a lot of things, and I, I encourage you and challenge you to go through God's word this week and just say, what are the things that God says about me? What are the different things? But today we're going to look at five of those, um, those things. And so the first one is this. And if you are here today and you feel like you are unlovable, guess what? Number one is, I am loved. I am loved. I may say I'm unlovable, but God says I am loved. You see, I was single for a long time. Now, when I was in high school and in early college, stuff like that, I had a, a few girlfriends. I was terrified of, of girls. But I had a few girlfriends, and, and two of them were, were pretty serious. Um, and, and they both ended really bad. Uh, not because of anything specifically I did, because, I mean, you know, I'm awesome. Um, it was all them. Completely 100% them. <laughs> Probably. That's what I tell myself, because it helps me feel better. But anyways, uh, those relationships ended badly, and so I was hurt. And, and so I told myself, I'm done. I, you know, I'm done. Women, forget it. I, I don't care. I don't need this. It's not, I, I just didn't want to get hurt again. And so I began to think, I must be unlovable. Because it wasn't until I was 35 when I finally met Stacy, who would become my wife. But during that long period of time, which was a long period of time, I thought, I'm unlovable. And I began to think that maybe God didn't even love me. And I was a youth pastor. But I walked around with this burden in my heart, like, you know, I love these kids, and they're, you know, doing all the work of the ministry and all that good stuff. But deep down inside, I wondered if God even loved me because I felt unlovable. But when I look at his word, I realize just how much he does love me, and he does love you. Romans uh, 8.38 says this, For I am sure that neither death nor life nor angels, or rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. There's a lot of things listed in there that cannot separate the love that God has for me and that he has for you. And I think he pretty much covered all the bases. The only one that, that may be in there is that we have a hard time accepting that love and believing that love. But everything is covered there. Nothing can separate God's love from me. No matter how bad I think I am, God still loves me. He loves Andrew John Peterson. And he loves you the same. God says, I am loved. And nothing can separate that love from me. And even though I may think of myself as a loser, a fake, a sinner, whatever, and others may say I'm dumb, 
worthless, pointless, unlovable, ugly, whatever. That's not what God says. He says, I love you, John. So I am forever and you are forever loved by him. So if you feel unloved loved, or feel unlovable, know this. There is a heavenly father who is up in heaven right now and he loves the snot out of you so much. The second one is this. God, things that God says about me. I am forgiven. I am forgiven. I may say that I'm a sinner, and I am. So are you. But I also may think that I'm worthless to God because I've done too many sins or too big of sins. But guess what? God forgives me. Sometimes we think there's no way that God could use me to do anything good in this world for him because I'm just too much of a sinner. But that's not true because God is a God of love and he's a God of forgiveness. You see, if you call yourself a Christian, a believer, a Christ follower, whatever, you are one of God's children. And 1 John 1, 9 says this, if we confess our sins... He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So if we confess those sins to God and we say, God, I messed up, man. I messed up. If we confess those sins, he is faithful and just to forgive those sins. And he cleanses us from all unrighteousness or things that are bad. So, since God forgives us when we confess our sins to him, therefore, I am forgiven. You are forgiven. Then in Isaiah 43, 25, it says, I, I am he who blots out your transgressions or your sins for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. Now, God knows everything, right? But yet... It says right here in Isaiah that I will blot out or wipe clean those sins and then I'm just going to forget about them. I wish I could do that. When I mess up and I ask for forgiveness and I forgive myself, I'm, I, I, I'm, I forgive myself, but I don't forget. Or when you do something against me or, or someone else does something against you that hurts. But then they ask for forgiveness. We forgive them, but do we forget? Not very often. And sometimes we bring that back up five years later in a fight, right? You remember that time you said that? I thought you forgave me. I did, but I didn't forget. We do that, don't we? We have a hard time forgetting. Maybe easier to forgive, but a hard time forgetting. But God, he blots out those sins and he forgets about them. I can forgive myself or forgive others, 
for my sins or for things that people have done against me. I just have a hard time forgetting or letting go. But I am forgiven. And you are forgiven because we, we, we serve a God that forgives when we confess to him. So, I am forgiven. Number three, I am strong. Now, I know that Stacy initially fell for me because of this, because of these guns. I get it. I got a dad bod. Forgive me. But you know what? Dad bods are in right now in 2022. So all you dads out there with that, it's all good. You know what? God looks on the inside. So should you. Just saying. But my physical strength doesn't matter that much, right? I mean, yeah, sure, I can do things, but limited. But that doesn't matter so much. What matters is, the, the strength that matters is this. My emotional, mental, and my spiritual strength. Those are far more important than my physical strength. Or my guns. Or my abs. Ab, my ab. I have one ab. It's a big ab, but it's well developed. It took me a long time to build that thing. Anyways, here's the thing. Listen to these verses, and, and I hope that that this can give us confidence that we can find our strength in God. See, um, my emotional, mental, and, and, and spiritual strength varies from day to day, as does yours, or from circumstance to circumstance. But when I feel weak, when I feel weak physically, not as big of a deal, but when I feel weak spiritually, especially, or emotionally, or mentally, um, I can find my strength from God. Psalm 18.32 says this, God arms me with strength, and he makes my way perfect. He arms me with strength. In other words, he gives me what I need. He makes my way perfect, and he helps me to, to find the, the inner strength, or the spiritual strength, to go through the valleys, like we talked about a few weeks ago. Also in 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, But he said to me, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. I have a lot of spiritual, emotional, and mental weaknesses in my life. But guess what? In those situations, God's strength, God's power lifts me up and helps me to accomplish the things of his will in my life. And he can do the same thing for all of us. If we let him. If we know our weaknesses, and we let him be our strength, we can accomplish so much more. But all too often we try to do it on our own strength, don't we? We say, oh, I got this covered, man. I can do that. No big deal. I don't even think about God, or I don't even ask God for his help because I can do it myself. And I can, probably, but probably not even close to how awesome it could have been had I really said, God, I can't do this on my own. I need your strength. Help me. Help me to get through this time. Help me to, to 
realize that when I am filled with your power and your spirit and your strength, I can accomplish so much more, especially for your kingdom. You see, anybody can get up here and just talk. Right, Pastor Bill? Anybody can just get up here and and talk. But the thing is, is that if it's just me talking, if it's just Zach or Kevin or Bill or anybody else that comes up here to, to speak God's word, if it's just our words on paper saying what we want to say, there's a lot, well, there's no power in that. It's just someone giving a speech. But when God's strength comes in play and we allow that or whoever allows that to come forth, there's so much more power in that. And that's the same truth with all of us. If God puts somebody in your path that, that you're supposed to share the good news of Jesus Christ to, ask for God's strength because it'll be so much more powerful than you just spouting a bunch of scripture or just spouting off words like, I got this memorized and I'm just going to say these things. God's strength is what we all need. So I am strong. Even in my weaknesses, I am strong. Also, Psalm 73, 26 says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. My flesh and my heart fail all the time. But God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So when I'm feeling weak, when you're feeling weak, God says we are strong because we get our power from him. You see, I don't have to walk around. You don't have to walk around failing or falling, sorry, into the same temptations over and over and over. We don't have to. We don't have to fall into the lies of what we think about ourselves or what others may say about us. We don't have to feel weak or worthless because God says, I'm strong. You're strong. The next one is a tough one as well. Um, I usually refer to myself as just an average, ordinary guy. I think my Facebook bio says something, I wrote it years ago. I think it says something like, just a guy, just a guy who loves God and his family or something like that. I don't know exactly. But anyways, I've always referred to myself as just an average, ordinary dude. Just a guy. Nothing important, nothing special. I don't think highly of myself. Just a guy. Maybe you feel the same way about yourself. Maybe you're just, a, just an average person. Go to work, go home, take care of my chores, pay my bills. Just a person. Nothing special. Nothing awesome about me. But guess what God says? Number four says, or number four is, I am important. I am important. 
you know, in the military, if you're standing in a room just talking and, and someone of a higher rank walks into the room, what do they do? Boom, and do attention and salute, right? Well, that's us. That's all of us. We are important in God's eyes. God says that I'm important. He says, just the opposite of what I think about myself, that I'm ordinary. He says, I'm important. And you're important. And we're all important. I was a youth pastor for a long time. And, uh, and there were times when um, it would be a struggle. It would be a struggle just to, you know, keep teens engaged. Or, or I felt like the youth ministry was at the bottom of the barrel of all the other ministries in the church. It's like, ah, uh, here's a dollar. Or, yeah, we don't really, we're not going to do anything for a youth room. We're just, you, know, you guys just, yeah, don't you dare put posters up anywhere. Those teenagers are so loud. Let's keep them back in the corner. There were times where I felt like parents expected me to wave my magic Harry Potter wand and make their kids into the perfect Christian that they knew that they could be. And so I oftentimes I felt alone. I felt that I wasn't all that important. Nobody really cared about the youth ministry. And um, it just, it was, it was hard. And in those times, I didn't feel very important. And it wasn't until later, as I kept up with, with some of the, the students, a lot of the students, actually, when social media came around, it was like, hey, I can look up these kids that I, you know, had ministry to back in the mid-90s, early 90s. And I've kept, with, kept up with a lot of them, and... and um, have ongoing dialogue with some of them from time to time. And I oftentimes will see where they're at in their life. And, and I'll realize, or they will say something in response to whatever and say, yeah, you played an important part of my life. Now, I don't say that to brag because it wasn't me. It was God working through me. But there are people all over this planet, however, uh, however unimportant you may think you are, if you have ever talked to people about Jesus, you have no idea what that seed that you put in their life has turned into at this time. Luke works with our, our little ones back there every Wednesday night with Surge. And I mean, there's a lot of you that do this uh, with our little kids and, and youth, and you have no idea what you may be planting in their lives because the Holy Spirit, God, Jesus, he will do the rest. But you are important now. Even though I felt so unimportant at times back then, I realize now that the things that I said, the things that I did, the way I behaved, the things that I spoke into those kids' lives was important to them at the time. And I had no idea. And that's true for us. There's little things that you do and say that are important to God. And they're important to the people around you. 
all of us are needed and important to the body of Christ. Because God created each one, every one of us, uh, for a purpose. He created you and me to be important. Matthew 5.13 says, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. You and I are salt and light. Salt's an important ingredient in cooking and preserving. It brings flavor to any dish. Bam! For those of you that remember Emeril Lagasse, I guess he's still around. I don't know. Never see him anymore, but salt is important. If you eat food, if you like just take a, a pound of ground beef, throw it in the skillet and cook it and taste it. It's not that great. The little salt on there or other seasonings and it changes completely, right? French fries without salt are just potatoes. <laughs> now I'm not saying all, too much salt is, you know, not good for you. But, but when we our salt, we are bringing flavor to the world. See, God, salt is important for food, but we as salt in this earth, we bring flavor. We are a key ingredient. It's important to change the composition of the world. See, God uses you and I to spread the good news. No matter how unloved we feel, how worthless we feel, how unforgiven we may feel, all those things, however weak we feel, God uses us. He chose to use us. If you go back and you look at the heroes of the Bible, many of them were also zeros a lot of times. They weren't perfect. Right? They weren't perfect. They were people just like you and I. But they were loved. They were forgiven. They were strong. They were important and still are, just as you and I are. He also says that we're light, and light is pretty important, helps us to see in the dark. And as light in a dark world, people are looking to light. And we, as believers, have an opportunity to let our light shine bright. So be careful what you say. Be careful what you post. Because people are looking at your light and they want to see it shining brightly. And when they see it shining brightly, they see something different. Different from what they're used to. See, what they're seeing is they're seeing Jesus in you. So be light. Because God uses you and I to spread the good news. And I'm pretty sure that that's super important. Which makes us important.
We're an important part of the body of Christ. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16 says this. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the, to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. That is one long sentence. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. You see, that's us. We make up the body of Christ. We are all an important part of that in our own way. Whether you're a big toe, an elbow, an armpit, a belly button, a nose, an eye, an ear, a piece of hair, I don't care. It doesn't matter. What matters is that God placed you in that place for your pur his purposes in your life so that you can be an important part of that body to accomplish his will, not yours. So you are important because you're important to God. And when we all work together, it builds up the body in love. So we as Christians need to put down our swords and quit fighting with each other and start showing the world that we are salt and we are light and we're important because we are the body of Christ. So I need to quit thinking that I'm ordinary. You need to quit thinking that you're ordinary, average, nobody. I am important. You are important. Our final one leads us back to our key verse, which is Psalm 139, 14. It says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And so number five is, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Crosswalk.com says this about being fearfully and wonderfully made. It says, Psalm 139.14 says that God made all the delicate inner parts of my body. He knit me together within my mother's womb. I was made wonderfully complex. God knew me as he was painstakingly designing me with much loving care. I didn't just evolve into what I am. I was created and designed with a purpose and the blueprints of me, me, you, are similar to other human beings, but they're not exactly the same. I am unique and so are you. You see, God created each and every one of us in his image. That's some big shoes to fill. We are all unique. We're similar, but we're different. We're all one of a kind.
I was fearfully and wonderfully made to accomplish the will of God for me. And you were fearfully and wonderfully made to accomplish God's will for you or through you. So don't try to be like somebody else. Don't try to be like your neighbor who's got it all or your boss who is super charismatic and everybody's like loves that guy or that lady. Be who God created you to be because you are unique. Fearfully and wonderfully made. So as we wrap up, my, my hope and my prayer is this, is that we can all get past the negative thoughts or the negative words that we think or that we hear or maybe that we heard a long time ago when we were little. We can let those things go and realize that there is a God in heaven, the creator of the universe, our Lord and our Savior, our Father, who loves us, who thinks so many wonderful things about us. I hope that, that we can realize that the negative things that others say or we think are just words. They're just words. What matters is what God says about you and about me. What matters is what God says uh, uh, about us and, and knowing that it's, it's truth. His words are truth. If we can only truly believe his words. That's, that's the key. We may hear this and we may have heard this our whole life that, oh, God loves you. But you got to believe it. God does love you. No matter how unlovable you think you are and how far from him you think you've gone, he still loves you. If we can only truly believe his words and let all the neg negativity fall away, imagine how life might be less stressful, less lonely, less depressing, and way more abundant. Listen to these words I found. Uh, this is a poem by Deborah Ann Belka. It says, look at me. I am wonderfully made. I am so delighted to be skillfully, splendidly formed into marvelous, wonderful me. Look at me. I am fearfully made. I am so thrilled to be brilliantly, amazingly formed. Lord, into the likeness of thee. Look at yourself. Look at what God has made you. I has made. I am so excited for you, magnificently, superbly formed into fearfully, wonderfully you. Look at us. Look who we've become. Since Jesus, our lives transformed, we're so very blessed to be fearfully, wonderfully made and formed. Man, that's good stuff. I need to find out who this lady is and look at more of her poems. I want to close by doing something that, I don't know, you may think it's cheesy, but I don't think it is. I think that there's people in this room who think very little of yourself. Or you believe the things that people say about you 
and have believed those things since you were a small kid. God can transform your life today. Just like that. But you have to believe it. So I'm going to ask you to do this. Would you guys all stand with me? And we are going to say these five things that God says about us. And we're going to say them out loud. And I want you to say them like you believe them. Okay? And if the person in front of you, if you're worried about the person in front of you, like, oh, if I say it too loud, I don't, who cares? You say it as loud as you need to say it to the point where you believe it. And if that means you've got to scream it and stand on your chair, then so be it. I don't care. But here's the deal. Number one, let's do this together. I am loved. Do you believe it? Let's say it again. I am loved. Number two, I am forgiven. Yes? Are you? Are you sure? Have you confessed? So you're forgiven. Let's say it again. I am forgiven. Number three, I am strong. I'm strong. In my weakness, he's my strength. So therefore, I am strong because God's a big dude. Huge. Way bigger than the rock. Like a billion times. So I am strong. Number four, I am important. I am important. I am. So are you. You're not just average, ordinary Joe Blow. You're important. So act like it. Be the VIP of you. And number five, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. One more time. I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I hope you guys believe that. I hope you do. And I hope that you walk out of here today with your head held high and you believe these things and you live this week like you believe it. Because it's true. Because God said it. And God speaks truth. Let's pray. God, we love you so much. And God, I thank you for the words that you say about me. Lord, I, you know me. You know everything about me. You know everything about every single person in this room. You know our deepest, darkest thoughts, our deepest, darkest secrets. And yet, you still speak all these wonderful truths about us. That right there is amazing. God, I pray that we walk out of this place knowing that we are loved, that we are forgiven, that we are strong, that we are important, and that we are fearfully and wonderfully made in your image. Thank you for speaking those truths about us. Lord, help us, each and every one of us, to let go of the negative thoughts that we believe about ourselves and walk out of here with our heads held high, knowing full well that you hurt the king of the universe and that you speak truth about me and about all of us and that no matter what we do in life no matter how far away we go no matter how bad we feel about ourselves those are just words but what you say matters 
God, I pray that each and every one of us would have an awesome week uh, believing these things that we've heard today and that we would make a difference wherever we go, that we would be salt and light and we would fulfill the purposes and the plans that you have for us to build the body of Christ in love. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I hope you guys have a super duper week. And I love you, but more importantly, God loves you and he thinks you're awesome. So we'll see you guys next time. Don't forget, teenagers, you got a big party happening this Wednesday night, so that'll be a lot of fun. And also, if you're interested in helping with student ministries, a uh, brief meeting in the youth room, which is not air conditioned because, you know, what was said earlier about youth ministry? <laughs> Anyways, uh, if anybody here knows anything about air conditioning units, by the way, our entire kids' area is not air conditioned right now. And so if you know anything about that, uh, I'd love to meet you really quick, and we can go take a look, and maybe we can fix it ourselves. Because you know what? We're awesome. <laughs> Have a good week. Thank you.